Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the M&A Mastermind Podcast. Our show is your go-to resource for the latest trends and M&A strategies to help you level up your M&A firm. I'm Nick Olson, uh, Managing Director of Cornerstone International Alliance. We are a group of lower middle market M&A firms uh, from across the globe. Here, we bring in guests. I'm lucky enough to talk to some amazing people in the M&A space, and they can help share their knowledge and expertise to help you level up your M&A firm and your uh, M&A practice. And my guest today is no different. I'm super excited about having her on the show today. Um, and we're really talking today about what Cornerstone International Alliance was created around, and that is connection. We connection to each other, our centers of influences, uh, connection to the best tools and resources, and connection across the globe. We're coming off our fall conference uh, where we had the largest in-person attendance yet. We had great mastermind discussions talking about evaluating deals, lead generation, and so, so much more. Uh, my guest today epitomizes what connection and collaboration mean. She has been in the m industry for over 30 years, uh, one of our founding members, members of Cornerstone International Alliance. She has too many designations uh, in, in the M&A space for me to even talk about. Um, she is always positive, always brings a smile to everyone's face in the room, and she will undoubtedly not... Uh, well, she undoubtedly will do the same today as you listen to this episode. And please welcome my guest today, owner of Walden Businesses out of Atlanta, Georgia, Sarah Bird. And Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Very good. Thanks, Nick, for that introduction. Absolutely. Well, uh, you're the one who put in all the work to, to earn that introduction. So <laughs> kudos to you. <laughs> so um, today, yeah, we just want to talk about, like I said, um, connections and what that means. And I feel like every time that you and I talk or about, you know, you're a former advisory board member of our alliance, and we talked about how can we get more collaboration amongst our, our own members, more collaboration with people, you know, around us and, you know, affecting our business. And that's really what we talk uh, a lot about here on a day in and day out basis within our group. So um, that's what we're going to dive into. But first, I want to hear how you got, how you got into m and what brought you into this great industry? Well, I actually came out of the staffing industry for 18 years. And when I left that, I said, I'll do anything as long as it's not staffing anymore. <laughs> and the, the guys who had helped me uh, take care of the company said, what are you going to do? And they invited me to join them. Ironically, my, my uh, fallback was, but I don't know how to read a financial statement. I'd always had an excellent accountant, an excellent attorney, who kept me out of trouble and had a great bookkeeper. So um, they just had to assure me that not a deal, not a problem. We can teach you how to do that. And, and they did. So today I can read a financial statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I've been in the, in the industry over 30 years and um, five years ago, you're actually one of our founding members of Cornerstone International Alliance. Um, what really intrigued you about this concept and, and be a part of this group? I think the thing that intrigued me the most is that we were looking to create a very elite group, the best of the best in the industry. And at, at Scott's pulling it together and pulling together some senior members that we all knew through M&A Source, um, he brought together that initial team and then we began to expand from there. But we have worked very hard to keep that group pure to make sure that we are only bringing in, again, the best of the best, and we're all learning from each other with best practices. I couldn't have asked for anything better to have happened to me in my life. That's awesome. As a business owner. 
uh, yeah, and then how how is that? So how is that? How how is how have your firm and your clients benefited from being a part of this group? Well, I think the way that I've benefited the most is is learning from my peers within that group. Um, starting out, we all vowed to each other, actually signed non-disclosures with one another so that as we shared information, it would not be disclosed to the general public. And, and what we were after was learning the best practices from one another, how to do things better, where, where the problem areas were. And what I've learned in, in working with the group is there's not a time that if I needed something, it, if I needed to know how to do something that I had not done before, I know there's somebody in our 27 member group that I can go to who will give me help with that. And they do it freely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm always amazed by that too, because it is such an open and honest group. Very and, open uh, and sharing. sharing. Mm -hmm. So great to connect with your peers. Um, but just in general, you know, maybe it's personally, maybe it's, you know, kind of the one or two levels outside of M&A, you know, advisors or people in the alliance. Like just in general, why is it important for you to connect with people? And what is that, you know, I guess, why is that so important to you? Well, we're in a business that the deeper we get into the markets that we're in now, making connections with centers of influence, making connections with people that we can trust, it's very, very important. Um, one of the things that was mentioned at the conference this past weekend, we were talking about the ages of our current client base. And while it may have been 58 10 years ago, that's 68 now. That's the average age of those people. And, and it's um, it, at that age, they're only working with trusted advisors. They're not going to just go out and, and hire someone that they've never heard of before. So the connections that we make in the industry within the professional um, groups that we participate in, the, the lawyers, the accountants, the commercial bankers, the wealth managers, you may not make 50 of them, but you wanna really have 15 or 20 that are very strong and, and educate them on what works for you and us let them educate us on what we can do to bring business to them. It's all about having those trusted connections. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit more in, in, a, in, a, in a minute. But, you know, connections can be positive, connections can be negative. Um, you know, how important is it, you know, to, to really be choosy of those kind of your, maybe, I guess, inner circle, like bringing those people in close to you? Because obviously you want that to be, you know, people that are going to impact you positively. So how do you do that? And how do you kind of weed out those uh, maybe negative type of people that uh, you don't want to have negatively affect you? You kiss a lot of frogs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's got to be a prince in there somewhere. So you may meet with five to 10 people before you recognize there's one good nugget in there that you can you can mesh with, you can uh, relate to, you can uh, trust, you can learn to do business with one another. And, mm -hmm. and then the other nine just either are lesser um, participants in life or they fall to the wayside, but it's, it's, you go with the ones that you like and you go with the ones that you trust. Mm -hmm. And we've worked really hard to create an environment in, in CIA of, of trust and of camaraderie and connections and so, and, and culture. Um, 
I know we've, you, know, you especially have been involved in this as we're looking to, you know, bring on more firms in this group as, as camaraderie and culture is a big thing. Trust is a big thing. Um, so I think we've done a really good job of that and a special thanks to you and our advisory boards for helping create that environment. Um, but how do you build, you know, that rapport, that trust with people that may, you know, as we bring in new firms that maybe you don't know right away, but um, what are some things that you look for to help build that trust? Um, to wow. develop those long-term relationships? I, I think that that happens naturally. Um, if, you, if you're genuinely interested in people and ask questions and get to know them, get to know their backgrounds better. Um, I heard someone say the other day at the, at the conference, keep your mouth shut and ask questions, listen. <laughs> and, and I think that's important when you are connecting with someone where you, you want to develop a really good relationship with them, you've got to listen to find out what's important to them, regardless of who it is, uh, whether it's a client, whether it's a buyer, or whether it's one of our professional advisors, and, and get to know them and what makes them tick and what you can do to help them. And, you know, um, I think it was three years ago or even sooner, we created, talk about bringing the right people around you. You know, as a as a as an alliance, we created a, a job benchmark for the M&A advisor, right? And what is the quote unquote right fit for an M&A advisor? What are their soft skills or hard skills? What are the things that they should be working on, um, and things like that? And and how I know you've utilized that 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 job benchmark in the past, and, and looking to bring on good people to your firm. I thought, you know, thought I'd ask, you know, how that has helped you kind of bring good people around you to help you be successful. Well, if you'll remember, part of that benchmarking, that job benchmarking that we did was working with the firm that created um, the job description and, and told us what ingredients were necessary in order to, to try to find that match. And so as a result of that, we used some of the assess, assessment tools that they made available to us. And, and, and the delivery of that taught me that I could count on this person for these traits, but I was going to have to shore them up. I was going to have to support them in other traits that maybe they were mm -hmm. lacking, or maybe yeah. they were so strong in that it was going to become um, an encumbrance because they were, they were too aggressive with it, too strong with right. it. So that benchmarking helped me better understand something we always knew, but putting it in writing always helps. And, and seeing the assessment to see where, again, the, the strengths and weaknesses are and how that would fit in with the culture that we have here was an important tool and as, as part of that. Mm -hmm. And when hiring someone or bringing someone on into your group, you know, talking about connection, it's, it's nice to hit on it, you know, the first time. But when you don't, you know, hit on it and you got to go back and do it over, you know, again or once or twice or three times, it's costing time and money and energy and and so I think, you know, with what we wanted to do with that whole job benchmark was hopefully reduce the amount of misses and up the amount of hits on, on great, great people. And I think overall, as, as our firms continue to grow, I think that's, that's been successful uh, from what I've seen. Um, and I would I think, agree with that. It's, it's yeah. helped us not hire the wrong person. Right, right. And I think one of the, you know, talk about the four different components of what um, that job benchmark entails. Um, the number one was 
from an, you know, what is what should an MA advisor be doing and working on and focusing on? It is building rapport and trust with their clients. Um, you know, a lot of times in in the MA industry, especially lower middle market, you know, our advisors tend to do a little bit of everything, right? Um, you know, they might be working on the Sims, they might be doing the marketing, they might be, you know, managing the deal, doing, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but the number one most important thing that came out of this exercise for us was building that trust and rapport with with their clients. And that talk about connection, that's like one of the most important connections, you know, to help us be successful in this industry, right? No, I, I agree 100%. And um, I don't remember, I remember the categories, I don't remember the percentages that were tied to each of those benchmarks. But you're right, the, the rapport building, the developing relationships was absolutely key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I mean, so that's something that when you're looking to hire an advisor, bringing them on into your firm, like that's something you interview against and make sure that that's a strong suit of theirs, um, you know, because it is so important based off the research and the behavioral science that we looked at when doing that. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's just been really good to see people utilize that um, tool to help bring around people, bring pe better people around them, and, and connect better with them um, as well. Well, and uh, the good thing about the good thing about that tool being made available to us is it's industry specific, it's job specific. And I'm not sure we could have gone out in the marketplace and found something that so uniquely fit what we were trying to achieve here. And that was to create a job description that worked. Now, putting the right person into that, you know, is still sometimes hit or miss because it does let you know where the weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing, another way we connect is our monthly mastermind meetings. And so we get together every month. Uh, it's one of the, I'd say one of the biggest values I hear from our entire group is being able to connect on a regular basis. Um, I always hear Scott, you know, our founder tell the story that, you know, we go, we get together at conferences over the course of the year, come together and they're great. You know, we build good rapport. We get a chance to connect um, not only in the classroom, but you know, at the bar or in a restaurant for dinner or things like that. And those conversations happening always seem so amazing. And then we kind of go back um, to our firms and then we don't talk for another couple of months. So this was really designed to continue those conversations regularly, keep those connections happening over the course of the year and learning from each other. And the way we do that is our mastermind calls, our best practices sharing that we do monthly. Um, tell us a little bit about what that's all about and how that's, how you've, you know, perceive that value in those meetings. Uh, those where, where I've perceived that value to be the strongest for me, um, because we have our principles calls and, and that's a different situation altogether. But the mastermind calls are great to help me in training my people and allowing them to grow through learning from other firms, other like-minded firms. Um, even though we all have different business models, the, the mastermind groups coming together, we learn we learn again from one another and how something may work here, maybe not work over here. And, and I think every time there's a call, one of those guys comes back to me and said, I thought it was interesting that I learned this or I learned that because they're hearing somebody other than those of us here at Walden. They're hearing, you know, from firms around the country, around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, and speaking of our mastermind sessions, we do host two in-person conferences a year, which we did this past weekend. Uh, we were in Charlotte and we had our biggest group yet. Um, I think we had over 20 people participating in that conference in person and the energy in the room, the conversations that were happening, the amount of collaboration that was going on was amazing. Um, just high, you know, generally speaking, like what was your experience like uh, during the course of those, you know, I guess nine, 10, 12 hours that we were together? Um, I couldn't help but, but be reminded that everything can be rocking along in those meetings, very serious, and someone trying to get a serious point across. And then there's someone in the back of the room that has a different way of looking at it. And we'll, we'll, it's almost like being in a family environment. All, all boards, all bars are down. And there's nothing held back. Anything that somebody wants to say, they say it. Um, and it, it keeps the mood light because nobody knows where the next comment's going to be coming from, even though we've got an agenda and we've got, a, you know, a target um, education that we're working on. It's the, it's the family that is there that keeps it live and keeps it real. Mm -hmm. And nobody yeah, minds jabbing somebody else in the ribs. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is for sure. And it's funny, like you said, you have an agenda, but inevitably you go off on these tangents, which are, which are great. And it's good that, you know, our, our group feels comfortable doing that. But I think as something comes up and you're like, oh yeah, I remember, I want to remember to talk about that. Um, you know, the group is so good at doing that, but I think it's just a great environment from, from kind of your traditional learning, going to a class, you know, listener presenter, like this is all collaborative. This is all talking Absolutely. and learning from each other in a non-judgmental zone. Because, you know, we don't, we could say, Sarah, why are you doing it that way? That's wrong. You should do it my way. My way is the right way. We don't have any of that, which I think is amazing and which adds to the culture and camaraderie of the group. But just learning from, you know, kind of just consuming what people are saying, right? And taking that back, you know, bits and pieces of whatever works for you. And then hopefully you can implement that into your own practice, I think is, is also amazing to, to be able to do. No, I agree 100% with you. So we got together, we talked um, about, you know, a lot of different things, um, not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. What were a couple of takeaways, you know, personally for you from that, from that whole day's worth of discussions that you thought were valuable? I was reminded of, again, of something that I know, but I was reminded how important it is that when we're meeting with clients that we tell them about our processes. We tell them what we do to get them sold. And as again, as one of my fellow members in that group had said, we also educate them on what we don't do so that we're all on the same page when we go down that path. To me, it was good to be reminded of sticking to the processes, which we do, but reminding our clients that that's, that's the route we're going to take and that it has been very effective for us. I also appreciated hearing from others in the group as we were talking about the ratios of um, engagements to sales and the closing ratios. It was, it was heartwarming for me at this stage that it's not about how many engagements you have, it's about how many solid ones you have that you close. Mm -hmm. And you don't take them on unless you think you can sell them. Right, I know that was definitely a topic of discussion was um, you know, doing your due diligence pre-signing on a client to make sure that it's a right fit. 
a lot of different reasons why that can happen or why that would mean it's a right fit or a wrong fit, but really doing that on the front end to make sure that, you know, you're going to be successful for your, for your, your client and your own firm, I think is important, not just taking on a deal just to take on a deal just because you want to drive that volume of deals done all the way up. I think it's, it's quality over quantity, right? Right. Exactly. It's definitely quality. You know, time mm -hmm. is all we have and you need to spend it wisely. And if there's, if you're in a situation where you're, trying to bring on a client and you discover it's not going to be a fit or you're not going to be able to get out of them what you need to help sell them, it's better to cut your loss right there, cut the time loss and walk away, try to refer them on to someone else who can help them. But, you know, your time's pretty valuable. Right. Yeah. And so is your client's time, right? And mm -hmm. you want to be successful for both. Um, so what was, you know, one example of Something that, you know, you know, over whether it's this weekend or in the past, like you've worked with um, a CIA member that's that's been unique or successful. That's, you know, how that collaboration connection work with someone in the group, whether it was, like I said, in person or not in person, that that has helped you in a in a tough situation or help you kind of be like get that aha moment that you're like, oh, yeah, that's how that works. Um, if I'm understanding your question correctly, I. I have had situations where I've called on other members, particularly the the original members, because I know them better than than anyone, and I'm learning the newer members. And I have had situations where I've called on them for help. They stop what they're doing and they help on the spot. So I'm I'm not. Tell me where it is you want to no, go with this that's, answer. No, that's, that's totally fine. I just. Uh, I just didn't know if you had a specific example, but I know that happens a lot. And I think you've, you've mentioned that already too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, talking about one thing I want to kind of go back to that you referenced on the front end was, you know, COIs or centers of influence. We talked about that this past weekend and we're talking about marketing and how do you market your firm and what's your strategy and what are, what tactics are people doing and things like that. And, you know, a lot of times in this industry, you're, you're targeting your marketing efforts towards the business owner, um, which can be challenging and tough because a lot of times business owners don't necessarily want the world to know that they're looking to sell. Um, so what's a, what's maybe a more, you know, high, you know, high value, you know, maybe higher percentage that you're going to get clients from. And we, you know, per our discussion, talk about our centers of influence. Um, kind of you want to hit on that and why that, why that, why that, because, because connecting with your center of influence might be more important than any other relationship we have until we, you know, until we get a client, right? I appreciate it. And I've forgotten who brought it up at the, at the conference last week, but I appreciated the statement that we all have a number, a number of people that we've met through the years that we stay in touch with that we consider to be centers of influence. And we may get one or two referrals over the course of several years from those people. The better connections, the better centers of influence, and I heard someone reference this, they referred to them as golden centers of influence, would be maybe your top eight or 10 people that you know very well, they know you very well, you've gone through, both of you have gone through the educational process. Here's what I need to be able to help your clients. Here's what you need for you to be able to help my client. And, and we work toward that and we repeat it, we reinforce it in our communications with those people. And it makes life so much easier when there is that level of trust 
and that level of understanding about what each party does. And I, I like the title that they gave them, the, the golden centers of influence. It was, that's true. You, yeah. you always have some that are going to do more than others. Right. And, and, and spending more time on those five to 10, whatever that cadence might be, is going to, going to be extremely important. One, because you're going to develop that trust over time. You're going to know what each other does, you know, better. And once you've referred one over and you do a really good job, you know, they're going to hopefully keep coming um, because your center of centers of influence are also kind of putting their trust in you kind of taking a step out on a ledge to do what's best for their client. You know, they're, they're really kind of sticking the neck out for you and to do a, you know, right by them is, is going to continue to develop that rapport and hopefully more opportunities down the road. Right. Right. And I know exactly who you're talking about uh, on the centers of, or the golden centers of influence. Um, and uh, that was, that was Bob. So I know they do a really good job. They do, a, of focusing they do an excellent on, job with focusing it. on that. That's a priority, you know, instead of, you know, one marketing tactic of whatever you want to throw out there, you know, emails or, you know, whatever these 10 in centers of influence or five or whatever his number was to spend more time on those is going to benefit you more than, trying to throw something up against the wall and see if it sticks. Um, it's life is easier that way. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And, you and know, it's kind of funny as you were talking about that. It's, it's like the 80, 20 rule that applies in the influencers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, if you know, cause they're they're they have the clients that we want to work with, you know, they're the business owners who mm -hmm. got the, you know, the, the, those five to $150 million company that eventually they're going to want to sell. And it's going to, it might take some time, you know, might have to work and nurture that relationship, but, you know, hopefully your the fruits of your labor will uh, you know, be rewarded and you can get those clients whenever that, that that's right. And staying top of mind, because a lot of times going through, and this is kind of a side, you know, but another thing that our center centers of influence can help us with is when you, know, you correct me if I'm wrong, you know, better than I do, Sarah, but business owners might not always know we exist or what we do, but if they're being told by, you know, their financial advisor, like, hey, you're looking to sell your business. Well, you need to really work with someone who can help you with that. Guess what? I got a person who can do that for you. Yeah, you're exactly right. And helping them, you know, helping them educate um, their clients on what we do is going to benefit us, right? Mm-hmm. You hit so the nail to, on the head. To nurture those connections um, is probably one of the most successful things that are important things that we can do. Um, as m and advisors, I think, to uh, make sure that they're top of mind. I think Bob to it as touches. Give them lots yeah. of touches, whether it's a phone call, um, an email, a text, um, whatever, whatever manner, whether it's coffee or occasional lunches and dinners, but give mm -hmm. them lots of touches so they're constantly reminded of you. Yep, and one thing that I heard our group talk recently is, help them make them look better to their client. And yes. that could be, yeah. you know, coming in and doing a lunch and learn together, talking about a topic and, and or, or like, you know, go to a brewery and, you know, do a presentation about, you know, whatever and helping them look better is going to help you in the long run. Yep. And I think one of the, obviously, once we look at, and we kind of hit on this before, but, you know, another connection that's so important to us is the connection with our clients. And we talked about before a little bit, like you want to make sure you have that right client that you can be successful, excuse me, that you can be successful with. Um, what do you go through, Sarah, kind of that process or, or um, 
you know, maybe on a checklist or whatever. What do you want to see in a client? What do you want to know about them? What's important to you before you take them on that you know you can be successful? Wow, that's a loaded question. How much time do you have? You got as much time as you can give us. <laughs> First off, we want to know they're real. We want to know that they're they're providing a service or a product or they're distributing something that's going to be currently useful in the marketplace. So we want to look at their, their history, their run rate. Uh, we want to make sure that their financial records are in order. And if they're not in order, we want to help them get them in order. Uh, their management team, is there a management team in place? Um, is their inventory current or is it obsolete? Do they have family members who are on the payrolls who are not working or would those family members, even if they are working, if when the business is sold, are they going to vacate those jobs? So how many jobs have we got to backfill when a new owner comes in? Looking at the corporate culture that they have, is it is it one that is one of growth and friendliness and encouraging the employees to grow? Or is it one where there's constant turnover? Um, so those are just some of the things on the, on the front end that we look for. And then it's digging deeper into all those areas as we start to prepare, uh, get, get the engagement and start to prepare the SIM and get them ready for market. We want to know who their competitors are. Absolutely. I think that's, that's so important um, and to have kind of those key things that you're looking for. And I would assume other than, you know, the business looks good. Um, but what about the, the camaraderie, the, the kind of the personality of, of your clients? I mean, that's got to be important too, right? It's very important to us because I'll tell you, if when you meet with them or you're on the phone with them, if that's, if there's an abrasion there, if there is any kind of chemical reaction that's anything other than pleasant, it's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to want to bring them on as a client and they're not going to want to hire you to, to represent them. So the chemistry is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you I mean, you're going to be what working together for the next eight, seven, nine, 800 hours. Months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to like each other, right? <laughs> well, um, yeah. One something's going to fall by the wayside and that's not worth your time. You just don't want to do that. Know it from the front end. Right. Right. Um, and then another, you know, another connection that I don't really think really hit on, but I want to talk about is just the culture that you have within your firm at Walden businesses. Um, I know you have a great team in place. Um, you have Vicki who's amazing um, and uh, hel helping, you know, run the office with you and for you and keeping everybody connected that way like talk about your 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 people at, at walden and how that connection and collaboration and camaraderie have helped you guys when when we are at our best we're humming and you're right she's the glue that keeps us all stuck together um we fall off the path every now and then and and take a shortcut and she's the one who drives us back on and say remember when you don't want to do that now i do that too but she can she can do it in a way that gets their attention they know that they've got to have her support and she'll help she'll help get them back on track but i i think the thing that makes our team tick is we like each other we respect each other uh, we know where, again, where the strengths and weaknesses are in the team, and we know that we can count on one another. And, and whether that's, you know, the reward is money or whether reward is reciprocation down the road, it works. It works really well. 
-hmm. and we love that. I I enjoy coming to work every day and I think they do too. Yeah, that's great. You know, I would, I would echo that because I, from my outside perspective from afar, like the way you guys work together and how you have your, your firm, you know, like you said, humming on all cylinders. Um, it's, it's a kudos to you and your leadership and the team that you've built around you, uh, which I think is awesome. Thank you for that. Um, and which is also kind of transferred in my opinion to just the culture that we've built within Cornerstone International Alliance. So I want to thank you for that, all your hard work to create such a great culture, a great environment, and a great connection and collaboration between all of us. Um, I think that's something that we prioritize and focus on. And it's always the work of you know people like you and our founding members that kind of laid the foundation for what we are today and, and what we're going to be moving forward. So appreciate your, your efforts and hard work for that. Well, it's a part of me. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm, that, it's and that family, to me comes it's my through family in this conversation. Too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So thank you. Um, and then I guess lastly, you know, one thing that we've we've built CIA around is we are stronger together. And I think the it's connection no between 27 firms just speaks for itself, as opposed to we're one firm, you know, standing alone. Um, that that connection amongst ourselves just has made all of us stronger. Um, and so that's kind of that abundance mindset, right? Of, you know, we're all together, we're going to be stronger than we are individually. Like, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that mindset? Well, I think that that one of the things that also makes us strong and all the points that you you made are very, very valid. But additionally, we're all in different markets. We're in different parts of the country. And while something may be done one way in the Southeast, it's very different in California. And if we need that person in California or in Connecticut or in Wisconsin to help us as we are either dealing with the buyer or maybe we're working in an industry that we're not as familiar with. And I know that one of you guys has been there before or that you've specialized in it. It is it's very comforting to know that we can call one another, learn what we need to learn and then come back and help our client also helps us get deals. Um, knowing that we've got the collaboration of, of the, the full 27 firms supporting one another. And it's not, it's, we're not one, we're 27. Right. And definitely more effective that way. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we can lean on each other, but we're not going to leave any stone left unturned because we have a global presence. Um, exactly. And, and we're going to, that's what's going to be, our, and ultimately our clients are going to benefit from that. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Um, this was a great conversation. I always love talking to you and um, learning about just ways in which, you know, our topic today, collaboration and connections um, really have helped you out. Hopefully you can take some bits and pieces of this and really implement it back into your own firm. That's really what we try to do each and every episode, help you learn a little bit, help you take little nuggets uh, from here and there and, you know, improve your own practice, scale up and level up your M&A practice. So Sarah, thank you for joining us today. If uh, anybody wants to get a hold of you, learn more, talk to Walden Businesses, where can they where can they reach you? They can reach us either through our website, which is www.waldenbus.com or through LinkedIn um, and certainly through the telephone. So 678-277-9951. We're happy to help in any way we can. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. And appreciate all of you watching today's episode. Um, do Sarah and myself a favor and like, share, and comment 
um, and send this to anybody who you think might be a, a beneficiary of the conversation today. You can go and find all of our episodes at cornerstoneia.com slash podcast. Um, and thank you for joining us today and um, join us next time. Thank you. Thank you, Nick.